Good morning. We have a special episode for you today. Axios Today host Nyla Boudou will be discussing the new season of How It Happened with Axios Tel Aviv reporter Barak Ravid. If you haven't listened to the new season of How It Happened, I highly recommend listening. You'll hear from Nyla and Barak after the break. In late 2020, the Trump administration brokered the historic Abraham Accords, which normalized diplomatic relations between Israel and four Arab nations. The agreements were the biggest breakthrough in the Middle East in a quarter century. And according to reporting in a new book and podcast from Axios Middle East correspondent Barack Ravid, the achievement was accidental. Hi, Barack. Hey, Naila. How important was the relationship between former President Trump and former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu when it comes to achieving the Abraham Accords? It's actually pretty amazing that they were at the lowest point of the relationship dealing with the real clash between Israel and the U.S. at the time. And they managed to turn this huge potential crisis into a historic diplomatic breakthrough. It was never planned like that because it built on a lot of frustration Trump had about Netanyahu, starting with the uh, launch of his peace plan in January 2020 at the White House. As one former White House official told me that Netanyahu gave a speech and turned Trump into a potted plant. And Trump really didn't like it. Like at the end of this event, he went back to the Oval Office and he told his aides, what the hell was that? And at the same night, Netanyahu announced like an hour later that he's going to annex parts of the West Bank. And Trump said, what? I didn't sign up for this. Why is this happening? And they had to stop it. And when Netanyahu tried to promote his annexation plan again, Trump had zero patience for that. So if Netanyahu would have taken a unilateral step without the green light from Trump and go ahead with his annexation plan, there is a big chance that we would have got into an unprecedented clash between the U.S. and Israel. But we got the Abraham Accords instead. Yeah. When the UAE came with this idea, put annexation on hold, take it off the table. Instead, we want to normalize relations with Israel. The White House special envoy at the time said it was godsend to solve this crisis and to take it to a much more productive direction. And this is exactly uh, what happened. They negotiated for another few weeks and announced them on August 13th. And the entire world was completely surprised, mainly because everyone was still thinking that the annexation crisis is actually going to happen. And all of a sudden... We had an announcement on a diplomatic breakthrough. Now, I think that the conventional wisdom or people who I would think, especially in American audience, when they think of President Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu, they think of really good friends. Take what you just said, multiply it by a thousand. This is what people in Israel thought about Trump and Bibi. Okay, what Trump told me was that he when he assumed office, What he knew from before and what his people told him when he started being the president was that the Palestinians were rejectionists, obstructionists, and the Israelis really wanted peace. And he told me that over time, he understood that it's not really true. The story is much more complicated. While the Palestinians are difficult, the Israelis are no angels. And I think that he was 
really frustrated with Netanyahu because he felt that Netanyahu conned him because Trump told me he should just he should have just told us that he's not interested and then we wouldn't have put so much time and effort into this because they worked for three years on this peace plan between Israel and the Palestinians and Trump realized that Netanyahu wasn't really interested in trying to get a two-state solution he was just interested in the land grab in the West Bank and I think this was this aha moment for him when it came to Netanyahu and the surprising part of what we learned from this season of how it happened from your podcast is that this bromance is definitely over oh yeah so even though Netanyahu and Trump didn't get along especially in the last year of Trump's presidency they managed to keep it in sort of hidden under the table because it was good politics domestically to show that they're friends with the other. For Trump, his base really liked Bibi. So for them to be friends, at least in public, that's good politics. I think that all ended or that really started ending a few weeks before the elections. When as part of the Abraham Accords, there was a normalization deal with Sudan. And then it was announced in front of the cameras in the Oval Office. They called in the, the, the cameras and, and, and Netanyahu was on the line and Sudanese leaders were on the line. And then after they're announcing the deal, Trump tells Bibi, who's on the line, and it's all in front of the cameras. He tells him, well, Bibi, you think Sleepy Joe could have got you such a deal? Sleepy Joe, yeah, Bibi, Sleepy Joe. And then Netanyahu, you could see the, the wheels turning in, in his head. Okay, what do I say? What do I say? And he said, "Well, Mr. President, I would support any American leader who would make efforts for peace." And you could see how Trump was like, "That's the best you can give me." Like he was hoping to get an endorsement from Bibi like two weeks before the elections on live television. He didn't get it. And after the elections, when the U.S. networks uh, called the elections for Biden, It actually, you know, and leaders started congratulating him. And it actually took Bibi 12 hours to congratulate Biden. And even when he congratulated him, he didn't even use the term the president-elect. He, he said something like, I congratulate Joe Biden or something like that for whatever. But for Trump, it was too much. And what got into his mind is that Netanyahu was the first one to congratulate Joe Biden. And when I met him, Trump in Mar-a-Lago in April, three months after he left the White House, he was still so angry about Netanyahu. He felt that he did so much for him and he didn't come through for him. Obviously, for an Israeli prime minister, there's only one thing and one thing only that he can do after an election, and this is to congratulate whoever won. There's no other option. But again, for Trump, it was you know, too much. It's been a year, right, since the Abraham Accords. Mm-hmm. What has been the effect of the Abraham Accords? Well, the Abraham Accords in the last uh, year, a bit more than a year, it really changed the region geopolitically, strategically. It reconfigured alliances in the region. It changed a lot. But other than like the big stuff, it really influenced day-to-day things for millions of people. Like... 250,000 Israelis went to Dubai and Abu Dhabi in the last year. This is a huge number, and it means that this peace treaty really touched every fifth Israeli family. That's huge, okay? And trade went up, I don't know, 300%. 
And you can see it also with Bahrain, with Morocco. And this is during a pandemic. And like the Israeli Minister of Defense was in Morocco, signed a security cooperation deal and stood in public in front of the cameras with all the generals in the Moroccan military. This is like something that if you'd have told me a year ago that this is what's going to happen, I would tell you that you are totally crazy. Those are stuff that people dreamed of for decades, and it really changes the region. So it's not like, you know, Netanyahu used to say that he wants real peace and not a piece of paper. This is actually a real peace. What effect do you think that had on... I guess if we want to call it the war earlier this year between Israel and Palestine, how did that change it, do you think? So what was interesting in the war in Gaza was that first, it didn't break the Abraham Accords. In previous wars, all of those countries would cut ties with Israel or at least recall their ambassadors. None of that happened. It showed you that they took this decision to normalize with Israel as a strategic decision and not as just this a uh, political thing that they needed to do so that Trump wouldn't be mad at them. So it was deeper. And second, the Emiratis and the Bahrainis and the Moroccans all said that the fact that they're normalizing with Israel would allow them to influence Israeli policy on, on the Palestinian issue. And I think that during the Gaza war, it manifested itself clearly of course, yes, there was still an 11-day war and still a lot of people died, but it wasn't a 50-day war. And the Emiratis and the Bahrainis and the Moroccans in private conveyed the message to the Israelis that they too need this war to end. So they told them, okay, you need to stop the rockets. We understand it. You know, we're not telling you, you know, don't defend yourself, but there's a certain amount of time that we can take. And I think that for the Israelis, it was a consideration that wasn't there before. So in a way, I think it proved that the Abraham Accords can also play a role as a moderating element. Barack Ravid is the Axios Middle East correspondent based in Tel Aviv. And his reporting, as we've been talking about, is featured in the third season of the Axios podcast, How It Happened, which is out now. And he's also the author of a new book, Trump's Peace, the Abraham Accords and the Reshaping of the Middle East. Thanks for joining us, Barack. Thank you, Naila.